Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. crashing a wedding you're coming with we'll tell you who's getting hitched that we know and love and protests continue after the murder of george floyd how should athletes use their platform to respond and what if i told you there was a seven-time tour de france winner who cheated what did you think of lance armstrong 30 for 30 we'll discuss all that and more with tom jones my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the tampa bay times now with the pointer institute on this edition of sports day tampa bay i'm rick stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Hey, Steve, we got breaking news as we do this podcast. Dur, 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 dur. Rob Gronkowski, the Bucks tight end, he's retired. No, he's not retiring. Uh, he has lost his 24-7 WWE title in a sneak attack to what? Ron Killings. Yes. What? How did this go down? Uh, well, <laughs> poorly. Um, they videotaped the whole thing. It's amazing. They had a camera running at this very time. Seems to be back in New England, maybe walking out of his home. He's going to do a TikTok. The next thing you know, the guy laying the mulch shows up, and it's Ron Killings, and he pins him within a couple seconds, and his buddy is like the referee. So sneak attack, and, you know, Rob, of course, now can focus fully on football, which is a relief to the Buccaneers. I was going to say, you know, that's, that's, that's huge relief for Bucks fans now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ron Killings is now your 24-7 champion, and that means that uh, – no one at at uh, the Bucks can now try to take and take that title from Ron Gronkowski, which would be great because there might have been a few teammates trying to go after that. So it's more safe that way. All right, Tom Jones joins me now. Tommy, uh, before we get started, uh, I, I just want to offer some congratulations to a couple of uh, good people that we know. Cameron Brait. A couple of crazy kids. I'm telling you, a couple of crazy kids, Cameron Brait and uh, – the Bucks tight end and Brooke Skelly, who uh, worked for the Bucks in media relations. Guess what? They're engaged. Wow. It's wedding season. Oh, we're going. Are we invited? Oh, I, I don't. Hey, we're folk singers from, <laughs> from Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. City. <laughs> yes, we are. Great tempura. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think uh, they say we only use 10% of our brains. I think we only use 10% of our hearts. We lost a lot of good guys out there. With the Yankees? Yeah, with the Yankees. Trades right. and free agency? Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So good for them. Good for them. I don't think, well, I don't think I'll get an invite. Not because, well, they, don't, I, I'm not because they don't like me. They, they don't well, care they about me. Well, like so, they may not like you. They may not like you. I'm sure it's going to be a huge wedding. I mean, you've got all of, of Cam's uh, Harvard friends, right? It's got to be correct. Yeah. Bunch of them down there, Harvard Square. Um, but uh, I would think also uh, the Bucks players, teammates, and you got front office staff, right? Yes. And then all the writers. <laughs> right. True. Well, I'm not going to tell not gonna people, lobby for this, but to tell you know. people, Brooke used to be the, in the PR department. That's right. With the Tampa Bay Bucks, so all the writers know who she is. Yeah. And no offense to anybody else who's in that department, but maybe, and I mean this as a compliment, maybe one of the smartest people i've ever worked with she's now um i believe the what is it vice president of media relations or whatever uh for the super bowl host committee 
Oh, wow. So she rolled right into that job. That's kind of a big job, too. No, and yeah, and I will offend the rest of the PR staff. The bar's not <laughs> real high with those guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nelson, Nelson Louise. Nelson Louise. And the boys. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Well, you might want to switch W-2s with them, however. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, he was a Houston Rockets PR guy at age 27, so that's not right. too bad. Yeah, Maybe 26. Right. No, but those those two uh, those two are great people, and uh, I think it's it's uh, I think it's great, and of course for their lovely dog Archie, um, it's nice that they're he's going to have mom and dad. I can't together remember for a while. the last wedding I went to. It's been a while since I've been to a wedding. Has it? Yeah, I'm trying. I to, went I to one. I went to one last year. You're coming with. I, I got one this year. You've been to a couple of funerals, but not uh, not too I many. I mix it uh, up once in a while. Yeah. yeah, I mix it up, mix in a wedding now and then. But right. uh, no, I'm trying to think what the last wedding, probably a, a nephew or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up in Pennsylvania, we used to go to, we used to go to. Uh, one a week, probably up there. Yeah, one a week. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like it. we would go to, uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, yeah, we would. And the weddings were great, too, as a kid, like open bars. Oh, so, God. For, uh, although as a kid, I wasn't drinking beer, but I was, they'd give you like, they'd have pop. We call it a pop, and you'd go up and just oh, yeah. either orange or cola or root beer or cherry. Nice. Those are your, and you and you would. By the end of the night, of course, you're throwing up all over the place because you've had too much. But it was <laughs> yeah, uh, pop too yeah, much pop, <laughs> too much pop. <laughs> basically, it was like sugar, water, and and food coloring was basically right. what it was. Yeah, but um, but well, I Pennsylvania miss weddings. weddings. Oh yeah, Pennsylvania weddings. My mom grew up, as you know, in south southwest Pennsylvania, Uniontown. Right. Um, and she said, you know, it was a melting pot, and and they were. Um, like the wedding crashers, of course, the movie we all quote a lot is is uh, um, you'd go to a Hungarian wedding one week and a Polish wedding the next week and an Italian wedding the next week. That's right, right? And and, and they were all great. Polka bands at every one. Pol- polka bands at every one. Pol- polka bands, and they would play, and they would always play. They had they knew you know so they play like Pennsylvania polka and beer barrel polka sure, and all that stuff. Sure. But they would have they'd always announce it to and they'd say, all right, we got here's one for the kids out there. <laughs> and they would play. They had two songs that they would play. Yeah. And one was "Smoke on the Water" because you could play it on the accordion, like And then the other yeah. one was "You Got to Change Your Evil Ways, Baby." Oh, baby. Yeah. And so those were the two. And then once once those were done, you sat down and it was back. Okay, to the you're done. Now hokey we're back pokey to... and the chicken dance yeah. and yeah, exactly. I think it's awesome. Of course, you know, I also wanted to say that love doesn't exist. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. And I'm not picking on love because I don't think friendship exists either. <laughs> make me a make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> wow, getting a nice preview of what marriage is going to be like with Ike Turner here. Um, yeah, just you know. So I mean, seriously, though, uh, I'm glad that that's. Now, I don't know when. And here's the thing: if I'm not invited, I told Brooke that there will be pictures because I know a great photographer, and from five football fields away, he can get the best. <laughs> shots of cambrate you've ever seen in fact i got a bunch of them that we haven't used so um so there's that so can you imagine i mean i mean you would imagine that james will get invited if it's a big wedding james will get invited and then tom brady invited too right oh so sparks will fly is what you're saying Ooh, i'm just saying <laughs> could be, could be i don't know that tom i mean by the time the season's over you would think that tom would have a uh, a good enough relationship right I would expect a pretty good present from him and Giselle, at you least, right? Hope. Exactly. I mean, silver uh, silver stemware, because <laughs> uh, crystal stemware, because nobody but just uses like crystal you, they stemware. get honeymooned at like the Brady's move out for a weekend and the and the Brady's got or any one at place, yeah. yeah. Well, or any one of their five <laughs> global residences, like one in Costa Rica, 
One in London, I think they have. They got houses all over the place. Excellent. I mean, it's like playing Monopoly with those guys. They're on Boardwalk <laughs> and Park Place. It's unbelievable. You don't even realize. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's going to be star-studded. And uh, I'd be very uncomfortable. And I again, you know, I'm not lobbying for an invitation, but I will be looking in the mail. But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to be there. And then, you know, of course, I can well imagine, you know, going to the champagne table or whatever or bar and and there's me and James. <laughs> James, what do you have? What have you been up so, to, you, man? I haven't seen so, you in a while. So, so he, has, you're in New Orleans, is that right? New Orleans. So it's New Orleans, yeah. Or if it's after the season, so I always knew you'd win the Super Bowl in Tampa. I told oh, everybody yeah. you know, all you had to do was leave here and come back and win in Tampa. That would. Could you imagine? Oh, That'd yeah. be unbelievable. So. Dirk, does Dirk get an invite? How about that one? Eee. Uh you know what? I bet he does. I bet he does. I bet all the NFL coach. Well. Maybe Lovey and Dirk, that would be an interesting table. Exactly. The Smith and Cutters will be sitting here at table uh, 99 <laughs> <laughs> with Warren Sapp between them to try to referee things. It could See, now I, want, I didn't care about going to wedding before. See, now, now you want to go. go. No, I See, now I, you want to go. I'm crashing. Oh, we're, oh, you're coming with. Exactly. I love this time. I got a, I got a, uh, we're, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be servers. We're going to be like butlers or whatever you call them. Uh, right, right. What is it, 46 long? Is that what you are? 46 <laughs> exactly. 46 long. All right, so we got lots to talk about. Um, just wanted to start out on a little light note since, man, everything is so heavy oh, in and out kidding. of sports these days. If there were sports to talk about or, or on the field sports, we certainly would be doing so. Um, and uh, we hope that that's on the horizon. We'll get into that. Um, just a bit. But obviously, you know, the world of sports and every facet of society is touched by um, this uh, George Floyd murder, which is what it was. Um, and, you know, in the aftermath of that um, protest and unfortunately, along with that, also some violence and some some looting and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm interested, you know, in this because I, I it just... Tom, you deal with it on a political side a little bit in the coverage of this in media uh, with the Pointer Institute and uh, your newsletter on pointer.org, P-O-I-N-T-E-R.org. But, you know, from a sports perspective, right, uh, we've always talked about um, athletes' role and their platform, okay? And we know that uh, in the NBA, uh, certainly in the NFL, a large percentage of those athletes uh, are African-American or black. Um, or minority of some kind. And, and so this directly affects them. They also have lots of, of, of white teammates and, 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 you know, coaches and such. I think everybody has sort of this time, for whatever reason, because um, we've, seen, we've seen these incidents before, but somehow this feels a little different. Somehow everybody's in agreement that what happened was, was horrific and it, and it played out on somebody's cell phone and we've seen it a million times and it's just ghastly each time. Um, but there does seem to be questions being asked of, of, uh, of everybody um, about, you know, how do we get justice in this country for all? And I'm just curious, like what you think of some of the statements, some of the things that athletes are saying should, you know, what, what role do they play? Um, What's been your your sort of long version, a thirty thousand foot version of or, or viewpoint of what you've seen? Even guys like Blake Snell, right? Right. Who, right. 
who came well, out and had something to say. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, first off, when you talk about athletes speaking out on this particular subject, which is police mm-hmm. brutality or uh, yeah. you know, injustice. The, that racial injustice, yeah. um, I mean, go back in just a couple of years, and Colin Kaepernick was the guy who, right. who really uh, wasn't the first guy, obviously. This has been going on for generations. No, but, but it was a big deal, and you mean you were on the radio at that time. Exactly, and I wrote columns about it, mm-hmm. and we were we were told, I was told, I'm sure you were. Stick to sports. This is Absolutely. not your. This is not uh, what this is about. You guys right. are supposed to be talking sports. And then Colin Kaepernick was same thing. You know, shut up and play football. And yep. this is a guy who peacefully protested. He did it, quote unquote, the right way. You know, mm. and people found fault in it and said he was disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the military. The military, mm-hmm. not what it was about. And I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick was perfect. In his protest, certainly he No, made he some, clearly made mistakes. He made mm-hmm. some missteps along the way, no doubt about it. However, his overall point, uh, which was there was injustice and there was and that we needed to talk about race and we needed to talk about police treatment of black people, uh, mm-hmm. was on the money, was on the mark. And he was vilified for it. Hasn't worked in the NFL since, basically. And I firmly believe that was a big reason why. Hopefully, now people feel more comfortable to speak out. And, and now that what we've seen, we've seen an example. You know, I wrote about a little bit about this for Pointer, Rick, for tomorrow, or for, mm-hmm. actually, we're taping this the night before, so this will be out. We need to see things before we accept them a lot of times. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Like, the, like George Floyd's not the first African-American to die at the hands of the police. But we saw it on tape. So no. now, now, it, now it impacts us. Now we believe it. Same thing with Rodney King. Rodney King was not the first guy to get beat up by police. To be beaten, yeah. Right. And but until we saw the video, and I'll go I'll give you another example like Ray Rice. You know, we know there's p- domestic abuse going on out there, but until we actually saw Ray Rice punch his girlfriend on on a security camera, we maybe didn't um give it the full attention that we should have. It's only when when you see the brutality of it then it then it sort of snaps us into place and say, "Yeah, this is this is wrong. What, what's going on? And so now I believe athletes are going to start to step up. And I think we all agree what happened was just absolutely horrendous. And I'm glad to see athletes stepping up. And I think, it, look, I, my feeling is if you, have, if, you want to, if you have something to say, say it. You know, now, mm-hmm. look, I, I'm a 55-year-old white guy. So right. I don't know that I, that I can speak eloquently about uh, the black experience. I can't, obviously. Um, but I can show my support and say, look, I, what I saw was wrong. And these other athletes try to give them a platform for what they think. So uh, I, I think what the athletes, the athletes now standing up, most everything I've seen, Rick, is, is adding to the conversation. It's been productive. And I applaud that. Yeah, and, and yet we've we've had these discussions and they, they haven't gone anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's interesting, you know, because I, I read statements, and I'm not – I'm not going to question like, you know, sort of the intentions here of owners or, or teams uh, in, in some cases, but like, let's take the NFL because Colin Kaepernick and and again, not, not to just rehash, you know, the whole Kaepernick thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that the man never found another job in the NFL. Correct. Okay. And I don't care what you say, because I've covered this league a long time. There were not, at the time, maybe even today, 90 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick. Not 90. Okay, now you could argue, well, wouldn't you play for this money or that money? All that has been 
sort of out there. And I don't know what to believe and what not with respect to that. But I think that the NFL, as uncomfortable as it was, they made a business decision, you know, that he was just, as Peter King said in his column, he was radioactive. He really was. And nobody wanted to sign a quarterback. You had the president calling him an SOB. I mean, there was, you know, he was, for whatever reason, agree with him, disagree with him, military flag, all that. Um, it just never happened, right? And and so, but it was a, it was at least a peaceful demonstration. You you talked about taking a knee. Now, now a cop in Minneapolis takes a knee on somebody's throat and kills him. And the juxtaposition of that, and and the NFL coming out and saying, you know, hey, we've got to end this, and and no one disagrees with that. But it's interesting that when they had the opportunity, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've always said this between, you know, if, if you're faced with the audio or the video, believe the video, right. right? Cause words are cheap. And so, you know, and the league has other issues, obviously with blackhead coaches or lack thereof and trying to figure that, that problem out too. But I just think it's interesting that, you know, that, that the NFL, um, I, I think they've lost a little credibility, you know, with their players. And I know they've started social justice programs and, you know, the Buccaneers have done such and they've done things in the community. I'm not, it's not all bad. But when really faced with a decision, you can't convince me that they just all decided we've got to get past this. The president is on us. A lot of our customers, you know, um, believe this is wrong. Let's move forward. Right. So they did. Look, I think, I think all businesses have let down yeah. African-Americans, to be quite honest with you. I mean, look, I, I've worked at a newspaper that tries, but mm-hmm. it's there, there's not the proper representation no. at, at the media companies that we all work for. Or um, especially in sports, even at times. In sports or know? in any business. Like I said, in any yeah. business, I think you're, you right. look around and find that the leadership is mostly white. Um, mm-hmm. You find that the – and I think it goes for the television networks, and I think it goes for all parts of media. It goes for – everything rick which is why mm-hmm. we're in this situation that um that it's uh, i mean isn't it unfortunate that like this has to have happened not only did it have to ha- happen rick but we had to catch it on video to, but to it's been caught comp- on video hasn't it been yes. caught on video before sure yeah haven't we seen you know this sort of play maybe not with eight minutes and 49 seconds or whatever it was over eight minutes of, of somebody right. you know essentially letting the the and the I can't breathe and mama and all that. I mean, it was horrific and we got to, you know, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, I suppose it was, it was captured on video, but we've seen this sort of thing. And, and I'm just, you know, you keep wondering each time it occurs. And again, this is not to demean police officers, you know, all of that. I, I, you know, I, I am not, you know, th- this guy was kicked off the force immediately. Everything that the Minneapolis um, Police Department needed to do, you know, they have done. Now, whether or not they prosecute the other officers involved or not, and all of them were fired, from what I understand. So there was a, there was a reaction. Um, this is not about every every police officer, to say the very least. I mean, that, that goes without saying. A lot of people I know, including the Hillsborough County Sheriff, uh, Chad Cronster, is a friend of mine, so I'm not... 
I'm not Look, suggesting my, my that son studied criminal justice. He wants to be a cop someday. He wants to be one, yeah. Right. So it's not. It's not. I'm not. It's ridiculous to demean that, but um, it has been an issue, and it continues to be one. And I just wonder when you know when, when um, these guys will see what happens with uh, their their cases, their trials. One's charged with third degree murder. There'll be another reaction to that whenever whenever those are heard, right? And and um, God forbid something else happens in the interim. But we're we're in a weird place. I mean, this. Let me just say this: twenty twenty. <laughs> Gee whiz! Uh, is there anything left that we? Oh yeah, it's hurricane season starting yeah. uh, today as we as we tape this. So, podcast. so we're in, we're at the first of June. We're not even halfway yeah. through the year. No, we still have hurricane season to go through. We have an election that is going to be unpleasant. A uh, 100-year no pandemic. You know. That didn't go away, although we haven't spoken about COVID, even though we've seen massive collections of protesters throughout almost every major city in this country. Which, and I'm, you know, and covering some of the stories on that, uh, I, right. I expect to see a major uh, spike. rebound spike in the coronavirus yeah. cases because of these, partly because of these protests. But Rick, getting back to this idea of athletes speaking out, I, I absolutely applaud, and I think they should speak out. Look, they sell us shoes. They sell right. us sports drinks. They mm-hmm. sell us clothes. Right. Uh, we listen to them before we listen to many of our politicians. Look, all, many of us, we connect more with LeBron James or with uh, Patrick Mahomes or with mm-hmm. Mike Trout than we yeah. do with our our senators and our governors and our mayors yeah. Yeah. and our president. And that doesn't, especially particularly younger people, you know. So, uh, right. I, I think it. I think it's if you have something. Important to say, and it's well thought out. Then, by all means, and if if you want to say something stupid, you have the right to do that too. So, I applaud any athlete that wants to step up and say. But there are certain look, there are certain athletes, Rick, that yeah, I look to. I'm I'm curious to what you know LeBron has to say about this. Uh, yeah. I was interested that Michael Jordan spoke up, and he because he's someone that is throughout his his career and his life has shied away from such conversations. Um, although, although you jumped on LeBron the other day because he, he tweeted yeah. out something about will the media or something play? Uh, it was some, yeah, it was it was something some... in Colorado Springs where uh, people were lying down on the ground, quiet right. for eight eight and a half minutes to sort of represent the time that George Floyd was being choked, basically. And yeah. uh, and and LeBron said something like, "Do you think the media will show this? I bet not, because it's a peace and love." And I'm like, "Like you're literally retweeting that." from a media outlet. And mm-hmm. also I saw it on CNN earlier in the day. So I, I was a little irritated that he would create this false narrative. Like the media is not showing the, the peaceful parts of these protests as well. Um, yeah. But I mean, overall, like as far as LeBron and talking about race and that, yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm interested. And for the people who say, look, stick to sports or I don't, yeah. you know, shut up and dribble or whatever. If you don't want to mm-hmm. pay attention to LeBron, don't pay attention to him. Right. But he has a right to say it just as Colin Kaepernick had a right to kneel, just like if, if you know, I remember a few years ago, Mike Evans, Mike Evans was very eloquent, and so was Demar Dotson, who supported President who Trump. Who voted for were, Trump? Yeah, they were, and I and I applaud both of them, and I support both of them, and their right to to speak out however they wish about their politics or about their uh, their views on on society. So, I, although cool Mike Evans early, I mean, early in his career when he. Um, you know, when he took a knee, and he was he was very very much against the election of the president, whatever. Uh, he quickly he quickly ran that back and realized, you know, that um, you know Tampa 
with the unique relationship it has with the McDowell Air Force Base and, and um, being a military town, so to speak. Uh, a lot of the Bucks fans are, are, are just that. They, they come and, and uh, you see them on, on Sundays, you know, whether they're jumping or flying over the stadium or whatever. Uh, there's salute to, you know, salute to service all the time. So he, he kind of rolled, he kind of walked that back a little bit, I think. Not, Which not was so a shame, of, I thought, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, blame I, him for that um, for, because he was trying me, to do the right thing. But you can, you can simultaneously speak out against injustice mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and not be disrespecting everybody. Yeah, and look, right, right. At, the, at the end of the day, let, let's, you know, when, you, when you look back at it, say, well, what was, what was Colin Kaepernick kneeling for? Police mm-hmm. inter- for for people we didn't know it at the time, but there were other George Floyd's back yeah. then, right? So that's exactly was, what he was demonstrating. Well, right. right? He was he was upset that black people were being killed by police, mm-hmm. and the military was upset because you knelt. What like you don't understand? You see the imbalance there? Like yeah. I'm upset because my people are dying. You're upset about what? Because I knelt. I kneeled. Like right. And and look, you're going to get criticism on this podcast, Rick. You're going to get people are going to tweet. Yeah, no, I know, and and, it, saying, and not everybody. And I sports. said last night, not everybody is coming here for this, and yet I think we're tone deaf if we don't um, don't at least address it. And especially you and I used to do this all the time on radio. And I know, like uh, DAE, I didn't listen to them, but they had all their shows, and they got lots of criticism for for pretty much discussing only this. Um, and we're going to talk about other things, obviously, these next two days on the podcast. Um, we've already given you, you know, the best of Cameron Bray yeah. and, 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 you know, in a, in a wedding that's coming up. Um, so we will get to that. But but I, I do think that uh, that athletes have a platform. Um, it's been interesting. Some people have jumped right out there and said some things. Others have sort of laid back and waited and listened and then, then said, I, look, I really don't have thought about it. I feel like I need to say something. I'm not sure what it is, but here you go. There is, you know, and, and this maybe also includes uh, a bit about, you know, Major League Baseball and, and, and what's going on with respect to, uh, to, to them trying to restart the season. But have, has there been a guy in Tampa Bay sports who has become, and I'm not talking about Tom Brady, who's become more visible than ever before and has now sort of like become the face of the Tampa Bay Rays more than Blake Snow? For good and bad, Right. For good and bad, I suppose. But I mean, regardless, he is—he is just changed since you know, take the end of last season to now. He's in the news. He's put himself way out there on on both sides of of, of uh, you know of, of both Major League Baseball's you know labor uh, dispute, if you want to call it that, and then also um, he's weighed in on this as well. So. And look again, he has every right to weigh in on however he wants. And I thought his baseball right. comments. We'll get into the baseball yeah. discussion uh, probably in a little bit here. But uh, you know, it's weird when you think about it, Rick. Like the one, like who's the most famous? Not counting Brady because yeah. he's really not here yet. Um, well, uh, 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 contraire, I saw him with my own <laughs> eyes. With, I, I might be the only own... guy that saw the the white rhinoceros, but it was me. That's true. Or you the saw unicorn. Bigfoot. Yeah, no, I true. saw him, but. I Did will not say have this. to crawl through the bushes to do so, no matter what anybody <laughs> you tells you. You have to look through you. a camera lens, but he was yeah. that's him. That yeah. he was there. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Um, but the, like, I guess like the, the, I mean, I guess Mike Evans would be right up there. Joe McCoy for a while. But Stephen yeah, Stamkos is pretty visible. Stephen Stamkos was is probably the most celebrated athlete that we have in Tampa Bay, and yet he's Canadian. And I'm sure, you know, when it comes to issues like this, probably not real comfortable speaking out, which I totally understand. Yeah. Um, but Blake Snell, yeah, Blake Snell, he's got look. He's got some cash in. I hate to say, I don't care whether you're the 25th guy on the roster or uh, uh, headed to the Hall of Fame. Everybody has the same voice, and you have the same rights. Um, but Blake Snell's got a little bit of cachet. He's won a Cy Young. He's known. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he and he if he wants to say something, hey, more power to him. Hey, he's put himself out there a little bit, man. Big gamer, you know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. I mean, it's just been fun. It, that that part of his personality has come out a little bit. And I'd be interested I, if Chris Archer were still here because I think Chris Archer has has he'd be very outspoken. A, a, some really good thoughts about things, you know. Outside of Brady, who is who is the most visible athlete here? You think? I mean, you mentioned Stam. Is it Stamkos at this point? You think? Probably, but I mean, when it comes to an athlete and accomplishment and that sort of thing, but yeah, he's not, and a leader, he's a great leader. But when it comes to off the field type of yeah activity, visibility, yeah visibility. Yeah. Um, you know, for a while, I think the Bucks are probably you know guys like you know, obviously look. Jameis was out in the community a lot when he was here. I would be he interested was. in Jameis's comments. He was, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Evans before that. Vincent Jackson was very right, involved in right, the community. Right. Um, Evan Longoria was involved in the community, but yeah, since with yeah. no Gerald McCoy, no Jameis, no Vincent Jackson, probably Mike. I guess football wise, Mike Evans would probably. Yeah, outside of outside of Tom, who has the the biggest platform for sure. Right. And I and I don't know that I don't know if Brady has said anything. Look, and I, here's the other thing: I, he had a statement. He did. I mean, it was very lengthy, but you know, he's he's part of a group of players that are, um, you know, speaking out against social injustice. You know, he's part of right. that group. Look, I and I said this before when we were talking about Jordan on about the Last Dance a few weeks ago because Jordan took a lot of criticism during his career for not speaking up, not saying a whole lot. Tiger right. Woods has been somebody who's Similar. maybe not spoken up as much as some people would like him to. And I've always argued that if a guy wants to speak out or a woman wants to speak out, she has every right, just as they have every right not to speak not out. Not to, right. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that. Look, on this particular issue, Rick, I mean, you and I both have very strong opinions about things, and you and I may talk privately and right. tell you what we think. But other than when it, when it comes to the media, and I've tweeted out a lot about the media, but in terms of this issue... Like I said, maybe, maybe I sit this one out for a little bit. It doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I don't feel responsible. It's right. just that, you know what? There are other people a little bit more smart about this than I am. Right. Maybe I should listen for a while before I say, before I open my mouth, you know? Yeah, and it's not my, I, I'm in a different position. You were a columnist, uh, and, and now at, at, at Pointer, you, you obviously follow the media and those who comment on stories like this. I don't think it's my place necessarily. I mean, obviously, I have my own feelings, and, and, and some people have, um, probably have picked up on on a little bit, but they don't know me. It's not. I just don't feel like you know. It's my job necessarily um, to be the umpire or the referee or whatever you want to call it in in something like this. But um, I do I do pay attention to what the athletes have to say and coaches um, the issues uh, surrounding the NFL. This is a difficult. 
Look, it's a difficult time for all of us in this country, way more difficult um, for some who are without jobs. I've never experienced a year like 2020. I don't know, you know, we're just beginning, like I said, hurricane season's here. Um, Who knows what's next? But um, we're waiting. We're still waiting for sports to come back. We're waiting for the games to begin. I think that makes it, there are no distractions. It's, it's just, it's just news 24 uh, seven and very little of it is good right now. So there's also that part about where sports gives us that respite. You know what I mean? Where we come together regardless of what our political, uh, you know, leanings are or anything like that. If it's Sunday and you live in Buffalo or Tampa Bay or, you know, New York or Dallas, you know, you're all rooting for the same team. Right. Right. And I think that's that's sort of anything that can unite us <laughs> is probably a good thing at this point. And that's why people are in these stick to sports because they, they like to separate that from the, that. That's their escape. They don't want to be constantly reminded of 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 all those divisions, if you will. I think one of the, the things about when we were going we're going through COVID in the first five months, three months here, four months or however long it's been. I, we've all missed sports, and, we, and that's one of the things that we've sort of yeah. looked at, longed for. Say, man, right. we should, I wish we had sports so we could at least be distracted at night. From, right. Because this is stressful. It's very, it's, it's very it stressful is. for everybody. Absolutely. However, Rick, I actually think it's good at this moment that we don't have sports. Because that the I focus think, is purely on this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, it's it's what I cover. I, it, but I, you know, I cover this. Every day, all I do is I'm on Twitter all day long. I'm on. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading news sites all day long. I'm yeah. watching TV all day long. It gets to night. It gets to about this. You know, we're taping this the night before. Right. It gets to about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I am wiped out. Yeah. Like stressed out, wiped out, where I can't look at it anymore. Right, and right. And I, you know, I watched the other night, I watched the Lance Armstrong documentary. Um, right. Or I watch YouTube concerts of old, you know. Yeah. Genesis from Germany, 1979. I can do that just to unwind, just to get away from it. But I do think as much as we miss sports and as much as we'll look forward to the day that it comes back, I do think at this moment in time, I think it's probably good that we don't have them because I think this is such an issue that we need to concentrate on. Keep your eye on the ball, so to speak. Yeah, Yeah, focus. You mentioned Lance Armstrong. I'll I'll leave you with this. What did you – you know, this was not Jordan. It wasn't a 10-part series, obviously, and we have to wait, you know, until 2020 when, or 2021 when Tom Brady does his nine-parter. But how do you think Lance Armstrong came off? In that like thing? the did biggest you... a-hole in the history of the world, right? <laughs> Here's the thing, and I, I actually enjoyed that documentary. I was I was captivated by it. I couldn't watch 10 parts He didn't seem very remorseful, did he? <laughs> not at all. No. Like, I'm like, at first, like every now and then you get to the point where it's like, all right, he gets it. And then it, yeah. the whole thing was over. I'm like, he still doesn't get it. He no. still doesn't think he did anything wrong. No. And and he was, I, I, like I said, I was fascinated by him. I couldn't stop looking at him. You know, when he was telling his story, I was, I mean, there's a part of me. And I, I mean, I don't mean this in the actual sense, <laughs> but he almost came off like a sociopath. Like it was he seemed to have remorse, but not really like he seemed like he was whenever he did show regret, it was for the TV regret. And yeah. he still like, he still blames Floyd Landis for the whole thing, you know, cause, right. he, cause that's what he said. He goes, he basically said, yeah, I'm a bad guy, but at least I don't wake up every day 
and yeah, I'm not, not Floyd I'm Landis. Not that blank hole. Yeah. <laughs> the, the weird thing about it was is is that while admitting that he cheated, there was sort of like yeah what and 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 yeah but but what right but yeah I did yeah and and it's almost as if look my greatness is unquestionable. It doesn't matter what I took, you know. Right. And but I did learn some things. Like I I had not remembered or misremembered, as some would say, that this guy was like a child, almost a childhood phenom. Like he was winning or competing very neck and neck with grown men at 15 in triathlons. Yeah. I mean, he was unbelievable. I was interested in his growing up. You know, he had yeah. uh, a couple of stepfathers. Mom was to, really young when she had him, 17 yeah, years old. she was old. like 17 or whatever. Who And yeah. not, not, like I don't mean this in a bad way, but not much of a mom, more of a friend it seemed like than a mom. Yeah, they were almost, yeah. He said and, when, I, when I was, she was 37, I was 20. Right. You know? And, and you know, they're also, too, I, you sort of forget, like, his arrogance ultimately did him in to the point of he was free and clear. He had yeah. won seven Tour de France's. Yeah. He had walked away, and it was yeah. over. And no yeah. one ever would have brought it up again. Yeah. And he went back and said, well, if that guy won, I can win another one. And he came out of retirement. And that's when <laughs> and the, whole, he got yeah, the whole dominoes fell after that. It was like all you had to do, you, but, but because of your arrogance, you know, and he, yeah. and I thought it was a great line at the end of the movie where the, where the, one of his old teammates said, I, I don't know where the line is anymore of good people who do bad things and bad people who do good things. And that's when you look at Lance Armstrong. Like they had a great, there was a great moment there where this woman talked about how she was a cancer survivor and through Lance Armstrong and through Live Strong, yeah. she went on to have four kids and that never would have been possible without the work that sure. Lance Armstrong's charity did. But the guy not only cheated and I, and I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of us would have like let it go if mm-hmm. we said, okay, you know what? Clearly that sport was totally, you know, just. Just it was rampant. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. rampant. Everybody was doing it. You couldn't win if you didn't do it. Right. You had no chance. Right. And I think people would have been ultimately like, "Okay, it stinks, and we're going to take your titles away, but we're not going to vilify you." But it's cycling. You know? Well, right. But then the other part, though, was that he tried to destroy people's lives. He hurt in people, his yeah. denials. You know. Yes. And that's where, that's where he ends up. I think to this day, where people look at him and go, "What a piece of crap!" Like yeah. you. You, you you tried to ruin people and ruin their businesses, ruin their reputations, ruin their lives just yeah. because you couldn't get out from the uh, the lie that you started when you were 18 or 19 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was good, ones. man. I watched every I watched every minute. I, I thought it was worth watching. No, it was very interesting. And, and uh, the, I've always said, like, the great ones don't know when to leave the party. They're always the last ones to get it, you know. And, and you're right. He could have been gone. I mean, this is. This was Andy Dufresne crawling back into Shawshank for the Recco Wells poster. I mean, it was yeah. just stupid. It made no <laughs> You're free. You're free. You know, like you got away with it, and you could have. Yeah. He could have. I mean, he could be rich. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's doing okay, and yeah, he'll I'm eventually. Sure. You know, but he didn't I mean, give he, the money back, right? No. Well, he gave some of it back. Yeah, he gave a lot of it back. But he yeah. was. I mean, he like you said, he could have been free and clear and lived a great life and be treated as a hero and and. And now he look, we look back at him as like, wow, what, just what an awful, what an awful person he turned out to be. The next one's going to yeah. be on Bruce Lee. I'll watch, I'll watch. I'm into that too. The next documentary on HBO. Oh, for sure. ESPN. I'll watch them all. They're all great. You know, I sat here today and watched an old one about 
about the bat the bat dog uh, you know some minor league yankee minor league uh, up in trenton new jersey and then yeah. you know the dog got old and, and his son took over his son didn't know what he was doing and ran all over the place and then they got this it's just it was about dogs and bats and and baseball so are you, you know. attacking like actual dogs yeah no they yeah in trenton new jersey they had forget the dog's name forgive me i know everybody's going to text the podcast now sports day tv by the way um it's, you were uh, watching like an old like old yeller. No, it's an old like, thirty. No, it's an old thirty for thirty. No, it was an old yeller for God's sake. Took him out the what, took him dugout. Well, they did actually. I mean, the dog got cancer. What can I tell you? Oh, he got the big geez. C. He got all gray one day, but this dog became like synonymous with this minor league club. It was a Yankees farm club in Trenton, New Jersey, I believe. Um, and so the dog would run out there, which I never quite understood. This the dog was the bat boy or the bat dog, yeah, in this right. case maybe. And so this this dog became synonymous with the, it was he had its own poster in center field, but the dog would run out there, get the bat, bring it back. And I always thought, okay, did they teach this dog not to bite down on the bat? Like, are there bite marks on this bat? Because yeah, right. it's a wood, it's a wood bat. Grab him by the barrel and take it back. But then that dog got old. I don't know how I got off on this. I'm just I love the thirty for thirties. I'll watch all of them. I think they're you know what all they should terrific. do. Speaking of minor leagues, I'd like to see him. Although he's he's passed away now. My uh, to do a thirty thirty on Max Pat. Remember Max Patkin? Crown, do I remember him? Yes. Bull Durham. Are you kidding me? Exactly. The Crown Prince of Baseball. So I met him once. I met Max Patkin once. I think everybody's I've told this story met, before. Everybody's met Max Patkin. Before. But I so but I, yeah, everybody at some point did a story because he used to come through town every <laughs> year, right. right? So I was like a young kid. Working at the time. Oh, did you did you have to go out and do the Max Patkins? So like, story hey, that Max year? Patkins coming to town. Want you to do a story on Max Patkins? So I said, okay. And it was really literally one of those like, yeah, just do like. The funny six thing inches. is, we never ran those stories. No, but, but, they were like, they were, or they'd run in a regional or something, and it was yeah. like six inches, and it was like. Right. Uh, so I go down there, and then he's down at Al Lang. This is when the St. Pete Cardinals are playing. Oh yeah, man. And he's got quarter you know, beer, quarter dog night. I'm all about it. Same routine. He's got the question mark on the back of the Montreal Expos hat. He's standing Spraying water. First baseman and spitting water. Yeah, it's like, when you look back at it now, it's like it really wasn't. There wasn't funny. nothing really. Although he had the rubber face. He did he have that the rubber, rubber face. face. He was, yeah, exactly. And a funny uniform. Yeah. So I, uh, so he's, he's playing one night in St. Pete, and then the next night, or two nights later in Clearwater at Jack yeah. Russell Stadium. Plays Al Lang yeah. one night, Jack Russell a couple mm-hmm. nights later. So I'm I'm going to interview him after the game at Al Lang and then write the mm-hmm. story previewing the game at Jack Russell Stadium. Right. So it's like a Thursday night. Go out there, cover him, and he gets done, and they, uh, he's in the locker room at Al Lang Stadium. Everybody's cleared out. He put him like in one of these coaches' offices, and he says – Changing uh, out of his question mark uniform. Yeah, and he's sitting there. He's got <laughs> – he's, he's, he's eating a Subway meatball sandwich. That was his request. He had – Nice. Kids it's a writer. It was a writer that he had, right? He had a Subway meatball yeah, right. Subway and like meatball a Diet and a, Cola. And a Diet Coke order. <laughs> so he gets this. He's eating this meatball sub, and he's got his his legs propped up on a chair. He's got ice bags on his knees. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he's like a million years old, right? And uh-huh. so he says, uh, hey, I'll talk to you. He goes, can you do me a favor? Can you give me a ride to my hotel after I'm done eating here? And I'm <laughs> you're like. You're thinking, sure. No problem. Yeah, why not? And he's staying like it. Yeah. Somewhere on US. And now, now you're thinking it's a better story because right. it's you in a car with the current car. Right. Exactly. So I'm st- and yeah. so he's staying at somewhere on US 19, like at a, not a great hotel, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. whatever, not a great, you know, just sort of a chain 
yeah. you know, $40, $30 a night place. Okay. And uh, so we're, well, I'm talking to him, and uh, and I, he gets in a car, and we drive up there, and I get these, come on in. So I go in the hotel room, and we're talking. I'm interviewing him, and I said, uh, so you, how long have you been, Max, you've been doing this? I'm like, oh, 37 years, 37 years. <laughs> and I said. Uh, Can I stop you there? You're the first guy I've ever heard imitate Max Rackett. <laughs> It's pretty good, actually. Go well, he says, uh, I said to him, I said, um, so I said, Max, you must love baseball. Oh, yeah, I love baseball. It's been a great, it's given me, a, what a life it's given me. And I said, so you're really happy doing this? And he just sat there for a second. And then all of a sudden he goes, I'm so lonely. And he breaks down crying. No, he did and not. And talks about how miserable his life has been. No, he didn't. Over, Yeah. On so the record? I, on the record. I wrote now, this. At, any, at any point, did you hear Smokey Robinson in the old... <laughs> Do you say that? That Tears was the headline in the St. Petersburg Times, Tears of a Clown. No way. That, it, yeah, it was. And we had this huge photo. And, and, it was, and it wasn't all about the depressing part, but he talked about how he had... I don't, I don't know if he had... If, I, for, I wish I could remember the details, but he had no family left anymore. I, he had a wife that either had passed away or he had divorced her years ago. He had a sister that he sort of kept in contact, but she wasn't well. And all he did was like he had this lonely life where he traveled alone from, you know, you know, from Scranton, Pennsylvania to, you know, Burlington, you know, to all these little cities doing the same routine every night. Yeah. And it was uh, it was sad. But yet and he also talked about how, you know, what a life it's been for him. And but he was ready to retire, but he couldn't. And. So I wrote this like story, and it actually, I get, I it ended up getting me a, like a full time job out of it eventually. But yeah, that was my Max Packin story. Was that before or after Bull Durham? It was before. It was before Bull Durham. So, this so his life got a whole lot better. Yeah, this maybe it might have been a year or two before Bull Durham. So I probably wrote this story. I want to. I want to say it was before Bull Durham. Maybe I'm wrong, but. It seemed to me like it was. I wrote that story around eighty five or so, eighty six, and then Bull Durham came out. I want to say eighty seven, eighty eight, somewhere in there. So, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say that like because you wrote that story, <laughs> Kevin. Well, I Costner, may be totally or, off on this. I, I may maybe I wrote it afterwards, but I, it doesn't seem like it. it he would like have been miserable unless he thought it would like that was a highlight of his career, and that was that was he was at the very end of his career when he was in that movie. Right, right. Because that was a timepiece, obviously. But wow. Yeah, That's so, great. Was yeah. it really Tears of a Clown? Was that the headline? That was truly the the headline of the story. <laughs> Tears of a Clown. Max I am Patton. not. I am not going to get rid of that Smokey Robinson <laughs> song the rest of the night because it just there's just no way it's going to come out of my head. What we got going on at uh, Pointer dot org? The uh, newsletter from Tom Jones on a daily basis. Yeah, I can protests, well protests. Uh, White House, Trump, COVID nineteen, Facebook, Facebook uh, uprising. That you'll read about in the next couple of days. A lot of Facebook employees really? upset with the with with the Zuckster over his uh, non um, non action. I guess you would say over Trump's Wait. posts and other ch- posts. Not so anything that's wrong or not. Yeah, they're not, they're not go, uh, sort of doing uh, no fact checking. Yeah, he, he said we're not the arbiters of truth. Is what he said recently. So a lot of Facebook mm-hmm. employees are upset by that. So. Always something. But yeah, check out a lot of great stuff actually on pointer.org. So. You know, one of the things I just want to say uh, true love is your soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another. That's what I've learned. Hope those crazy kids learn that as well. Tommy, as always, great talking to you, buddy. We'll do it. Uh, let's do it tomorrow. I'll be there.
Hey, you know what? That was so fun that we're going to have to do it again. In fact, let's do it tomorrow. We'll do it better. We'll have Tom Jones back-to-back on the podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. And Peter King has his NFL rankings. We'll tell you where the Bucks fit into that much higher than you might even expect. And also where Major League Baseball is headed. So Tom Jones tomorrow on the podcast with us. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.